Welcome to the Design Imposter Podcast, where we unravel the enigmatic realm of imposter syndrome. My name's Monique Jenkins. And I'm Jessica Vallis. We're two agency owners who've boldly faced the reality of imposter syndrome. We'll share relatable stories and practical insights that empower designers and business owners just like you. Together, we'll help you conquer self-doubt and unleash your true potential. Get ready to unveil your true brilliance. Welcome to Design Imposter. Hello, and welcome to the Design Imposter podcast. Today, we're delving into a topic that touches many of us, creative burnout. I'm Jessica Vallis, and in this episode, we're talking about experiencing burnout and ways to overcome it. At the end of this podcast, we'll also explore some exciting events Monique is hosting with Ladies Wine and Design Baltimore this January 2024. But first, let's delve deeper into understanding and tackling creative burnout. Yeah, so burnout is more than just feeling tired or uninspired. It is a stale exhaustion that can affect your creativity, productivity, and overall well-being. Uh, it certainly happened to me during my career. I'm sure that you've all uh, felt burnout at some point in your career. And if you haven't yet, you probably will at some point. Jess, can you share some common insights uh, around burnout that creatives should look out for? Absolutely. Beyond the obvious signs like chronic fatigue and lack of motivation, there are more subtle signs like cynicism towards projects or clients, a feeling of stagnation, or even physical symptoms like headaches or sleep disturbances. And let's not forget this big one, imposter syndrome. You just feel like nothing you come up with is good enough and it, it hinders your creativity. It's really important to recognize these early on. Absolutely. Uh, recognizing the signs early is most certainly crucial. Um, I have uh, a couple of stories about times that I have been burned out, but I'm going to tell you a story about a coworker of mine that I realized was burned out. Um, this is probably a couple of years ago. She was our design manager and uh, she would be super, super stressed out. She would be emailing me at three o'clock in the morning. And I was so like anxious and uptight and like, just like I, I felt the the need to always be on, but I felt so exhausted with the amount of like moving that she did. She was certainly a designer who had, you know, maybe like six concepts going at the same time. She was like doing a bunch of like ideation, working with all of our executives to kind of make things happening. Uh, happen. I was producing all of this work. So she came up with the initial creative. It was my responsibility to um, think of the next like 20 iterations of how this all manifested. So she did an invitation. I'd have to do all of the event signage and all of those things. And it was incredibly frustrating to kind of keep up with her on my side. But on her side of the house, I started to notice that she had a very short temper. Um, I started noticing her getting very like upset, like visibly upset to the point where other people would notice when she was at her desk. So that, you know, manifested as yelling sometimes, banging her keyboard on her desk. I would notice her like taking lots of breaks just because she just couldn't like think of what she needed to. She would like leave the office for hours and hours upon end. And um, I could recognize the signs of burnout. This was pretty young in my career, so I didn't feel comfortable like saying something to her, but it definitely felt like she was wildly exhausted and I was exhausted on my level trying to keep up with like her level of energy to push these projects kind of forward. Um, so for her, creative burnout manifested as a bit of anger, 
a bit of resentment. It felt like a bit of frustration, um, the over anxiety to be trying to produce, but not having the capacity to produce at the level that she normally could. Um, I think that there was some, uh, some substance abuse in there as well. So trying to uh, think about burnout from the side of like, you're so anxious or so stressed out that you want to use alcohol as a way to kind of like cool yourself or figure things out. Um, so that was all very interesting to recognize. And I think that was the first time that I realized that burnout in designers is just something that happens pretty frequently. That's when I started to notice or hear people say things like, designers always have, you know, social anxiety and they, you know, are in spaces where, uh, they use, they have to, they're at the capacity to produce so much art that they, um, are people who drink a lot or have mental health issues and all of these different things. And that was the first time that I ever recognized that that was going to be something that I needed to be mindful of and think about as my career kind of progressed. So I've seen burnout in a couple of different forms through a couple of different people. And in the way that I've experienced it, it's just a lack of wanting to produce, even though I know that I have to produce because I'm signed on to take a client project or um, because I know that something is impending. Yeah. And it's important also to recognize when it's burnout and not just a case of I hate my job because you can easily misconstrue like a banging keyboard and leaving for ages as well. I guess she's not happy here. Well, no, it's recognizing what people are experiencing in work and know that it's more than just, oh, she's in a bad mood today, you know? Yeah. And I would say, um, I say this a lot about like, whenever you move on from a company, you start to realize that the people that you work with are human. But at the time when you're up against a deadline, you kind of feel like, oh my God, they're pestering me and things like that. After we stopped working together, after that, that's when I started to see the more like humanistic side of her and realized that was very much burnout and the the um, the like pressure that she was putting on me to like be on and to produce wasn't necessarily because she was mean or I wasn't sufficient in my job. It was very much that she was just so burned out and needed to take some time away. Eventually, she ended up taking two breaks um, on the course of the time that we were working together unbeknownst to anyone in our organization, she literally just fell off the face of the earth for two or three weeks just because she was so exhausted. She just stepped away, didn't answer her phone or anything. And then it was my responsibility to kind of pick up the pieces of like where yeah. things left off. She needed that time to just recruit and figure things out for herself. So sometimes, you know, burnout happens to the point of exhaustion and you just have to step away regardless of what that means for everyone else. Yeah, but- What about you, Jess? I was going to say real quick that it's important to recognize your creative burnout early on, because it does affect more than just you. As you said, you felt a yeah. lot of stress and pressure. And as a young designer, I'm sure that felt very crippling. Like you weren't doing enough. You couldn't prove yourself. Um, yeah. So when you are able to recognize it and maybe talk to somebody and let them know, then, you know, the team can adapt and move around. And especially in design where this is something that happens. So um, my creative burnout really had me going down in flames. Um, I was moving into a, a house that was built in the 1840s and I was doing all this reno. I had no desk, no furniture, and I had these client projects coming up and I just didn't care. I couldn't find motivation. It was like 
they were asking for so many things at once and the logo needed to include this. Oh, but also I just remembered we do this. So we should have this in the logo and we need to have this. And we should also, oh, this is my side hobby that I want to include into this project. And that has absolutely nothing to do with the overall concept. And I was just, I couldn't deal with it. I didn't have a setup for an office and I was like, I'm not feeling inspired and I'm I just, I produced crap and uh, it was entirely my fault. I should have, I presented something and the client was like, you could have just asked for an extension instead of rushing this. And I was like, yeah, I guess I, I could have asked for an extension and uh, they dropped me and it was a lesson learned kind of experience where I needed to vocalize to the client that I needed more time because I wasn't finding motivation in what they were providing me, but also I had all these life events going on at one time. So I couldn't dedicate the time. So um, I sort of I sort of gave up. The clients hated it, but I learned a lot after I had burned all these bridges. Um, and yeah, it was it, it was a hard life lesson. The, uh, the I mean, I guess the only upside is that I really I learned how to identify it. Uh, and now when clients are like, oh, can we extend this project? I'm like, okay, I can do an extra week. Like I, I understand like having some grace period that goes with projects, but also if I just don't feel inspired, then I might just give the project to somebody else because I don't want people to suffer because of me. Yeah, I, I do agree with some, uh, I agree with everything you said, but double tap on something that you said, which is that, you know, sometimes when you're feeling uninspired and like you just can't move, it's okay to pass that project on to a friend and make sure that you're giving the client the best representation of your business. But it's also okay to just be like, yeah, I just need to take a break. I can't do this right now. I just need to like step away. I I'm not finding the energy to be able to do this and to do something else to get you back to the place where you become inspired. And I think very much all of the time, a lot of people, at least that I know, are just like, let me just muddle through this one thing. Um, and there's always a sense of like, you have to move, you have to be working, you have to be producing in order to be effective. In one of the um, events that I just held for Ladies Wine and Design, the artist that we were talking to talked a lot about like creative retreats that you can go off to, to just like experience the world in a sense, to provide your body and your mind with some rest. As artists, we need to be absorbing things in order to produce effective design. We need to be seeing new things, doing new things, and creating spaces for ourselves that we don't, you know, ordinarily occupy. So um, I just wanted to just harpoo on something you said or, 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 or reiterate something you said, which is, hey, it's, sometimes it's not going to come. It's not going to come in the timeline in which you need it to come. And you have to figure out how to you know, the, move around. The worst thing about this particular client project was when they signed the contract with me, it was for like a logo in three months. Their brand did not officially launch for another year and a half. So I felt this need to rush through to meet the deadline. And really, you know, if I had just communicated, you know, the pressure would have been off me. So, yeah. So once you realize that you're facing burnout, what strategies do you find most effective for tackling it? Well, I believe in a holistic approach 
first acknowledging the burnout is important and acknowledging the factors that could be contributing to it. Like I kind of mentioned the major life events, like a new baby, a new home, illnesses, all these things affect you mentally. And I've heard this expression before that you only have room for three major things in your life. And if you've got work, baby, home, and then you add like side hustle, you are going to suffer in one of those three areas. So you've got to figure out your top three and, you know, give yourself mental space for that. But I also have this saying, in order to take care of you, I need to take care of me. And this saying started when I was a new mom breastfeeding and I'd wake up, babies, you know, cry because they, you know, they want to eat. But I was just so exhausted. I'd just woken up. I was barely getting sleep. So the baby would cry. I would go grab myself a breakfast bar or something. Then I'd come back. And so in order to take care of the baby, I needed to first take care of me. So in order to take care of you, I need to take care of me. And it's my mantra for everything now. Um, So if you want to take care of your clients, you need to first take care of yourself. Implementing changes like setting healthier work-life boundaries, ensuring regular breaks, and maybe even seeking professional help if needed. Also engaging in activities outside work that rejuvenate you can be a big help. Sometimes that's going for a run, crafting, projecting around the house. Gardening is one of my favorites. I work from home, so it's easy. My Apple Watch pings me every hour that it's time to stand up, and I alternate between standing to get a drink of water and the bathroom break versus going outside to the garden and deadheading flowers or pruning tomatoes or pulling a few weeds. It's something that I enjoy. So then I'm like, okay, it's time to get back. And when my next break comes up, like I'm going to come out and do this again. So it just kind of rejuvenates me. Um, And right now it's winter. So I'm currently back to indoor house projects, like stripping four layers of paint off solid wood doors, because I mean, that's really important at the moment. Um, I I will say, um, I think that um, something you said, I want to, want to change slightly not change what you said but like change it maybe perception wise to other people okay sometimes there are no major life events like you just aren't feeling it like nothing is happening like when i experienced burnout for the first time i was relatively young i didn't have a, a kid or a spouse it was just work uh and i just felt so inspired and i started to feel resentful of the organization that i was working for and uh frustrated by the manager that i had who was you know also experiencing her own creative burnout, but like so much so that I was like stopping on the side of the road. Um, This job was in DC. I would stop on the side of the highway, have a hot spot to send project files in the middle of traffic because I felt so anxious whenever I got a message from my manager that things needed to happen like right away. So I would be like five minutes late to work, which I was going to get chewed out about um, because I had stopped on the side of the highway to send a file to her um, of a, something that I had completed the previous night or, you know, needed to do as soon as I got in the office just because she got to the office so early in order to just like, you know, I, I guess that was when her mind had a break or something like the overnight, her mom had a break and she wanted to like tackle things early before she burned out later in the afternoon. And, um, and that was really frustrating for me because I didn't feel like I had the excuses that everyone else 
not excuses, but I didn't have the life that everyone else had, which is all of these other things that can attribute to burnout, which is family and, you know, all these other things. Like I just had work and it was just me. Um, So there was no real way to be like, well, yeah, of course you would be burned out. You have a family and you just bought a new house and all of these other things are happening. It just happens. Um, And you just have to figure out, you know, how to get yourself out of that rut. Um, For me, getting myself out of that space was engaging in non-work activities that refresh me. Um, So I um, don't like working out, but I will work out because it's necessary for your health. So, you know, doctors say that they're crazy. But anywho, um, I'll go work out. Silly doctors. I just need Yes, the silly doctors. Who are they? Go on to medical school. Forget them. Um, I'll go work out because uh, it gives me the latitude to be in a space where I can be very much in my head, but not in my head about all of the things I have to do with work. It's the only time that I'm doing something physical with my body. We're designers. So generally, we're sitting down working on our computers all day. It gives my uh, my mind and eyes a break. I meditate. Uh, on top of that. So I give myself like a 10 minute meditation in the morning or sometime during the day where I'm just feeling a little bit anxious and need to step away from my computer. I pray. I'm religious. Um, so I take time to pray to just like clear my head of like stresses um, and all those other things. And then I stretch as well. So some form of yoga helps me. Um, is it real yoga? No, it's just me stretching in my bedroom floor to just like not be thinking about the million other things that need to happen during the day. Um, and then sometimes it helps me to uh, process what I want to, not what I want to accomplish for the day, but how I want to feel at the end of the day. So sometimes saying, you know, I want a day that's filled with love gets me out of the space of thinking I need to have a day where I'm actually producing things because I need to be producing things or you don't feel or I don't feel like I've achieved anything. Um, sometimes I, um, what else will I do? I'll just like binge, binge Cheetos and watch TV and not think about none of the stuff that needs to happen. I'll take the dog for a walk. Uh, now I have the baby. So Zuri gives me all the happy endorphins, I go play with her and make her laugh. And her laugh helps to rejuvenate and like calm my mind. I'm like, oh, so nice to be a child who doesn't have bills. And yeah, stuff to but worry about. when they get older and you hear laughter from like a toddler, you know they're doing something bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you I just break? Get off the sofa. <laughs> get off of your brother. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Um, If she's quiet, I know she's into something. I'm like, she's too quiet. What's she doing? Uh, But like those little things, like seeing my daughter like smile and like be happy, like all the things that I think about, you know, why I have to do things. I'm like, no, you're doing this because you want, you know, a better life for your daughter or you're doing this because, you know, you want to sit on a beach and never work again in your life. Um, So like those are the things that help to keep my mind uh, in a better place. Also absorbing content. I always tell designers, you know, we live in America um, and uh, there's a specific style of design that is acceptable. Try to get outside of that. Look at work that comes from other countries, other spaces that are wildly different than what you consume on a daily basis is super helpful. Try not to be comparative. Don't look on Instagram and say like, oh my God, their work is so much uh, better than mine's. Um, how do I get to this place? Or I'm so confused about how to get here. Like that, that's the thing that like 
helps me to decompress. Because if you look at someone else's work on Instagram, you're only looking at the finished product. And I guarantee every single time I've experienced burnout, I've had a designer who I think is absolutely incredible come to me and say, I can tell you the 50 things that are wrong with this piece of work that I pushed out. And I'm like, no, this is perfect. Like, it's absolutely amazing. But we are our own, you know, worst critics. And um, I think that that helps to contribute to the burnout that we're experiencing when other people think that we're doing an incredibly amazing job. So take a break, walk away, drink some water, go outside. Sun on my skin is the best feeling ever. Um, So I do those things where I spend money that I don't have. (laughs) We all do that. The happy endorphins. Um, When I was younger, pre-kids, pre-marriage, I was a solo traveler, um, went to Japan. And you can imagine the design style in Japan is vastly different than where we are. So I was just taking pictures. And now looking back at like some of the pictures, I'm like, why the hell did I take a picture of this? It doesn't make sense. But you're like, okay, it's the way that the alignment was for this. Or, you know, the color schemes and whatnot. Then I went to Malaysia one time. And that has a completely different style. It's a little bit more rough. And it's okay to have almost like an unfinished look there. Um, and then I went to Hong Kong and you're like, oh my gosh, like everything looks like it should be a hundred thousand dollars. So again, taking lots of pictures and just in the moment, I don't know the, if you're feeling like you're in a rut, sometimes just changing the scenery and then just appreciating what's around you. You have to take your head out of the phone, look up and see the world around you. And then you might have that moment where you're like, this is where I need to be at this exact moment, which I had that experience in Japan. It was like five o'clock in the morning. I was the only person on the Tokyo Metro system at this one stop. And I was like, I felt inspired and I was just like, this is where I needed to be. So change of scenery. I'm not saying everybody needs to get up and go to Japan and like felt that passport, but you know, maybe going to Nashville or, you know, going to DC or New York or wherever, just Get a get a change of scenery. I felt that way when I went to Jamaica at the beginning of 2022. Like I, before that, I felt like I was in a rut. I felt like I was experiencing burnout and something. And I caught COVID in Jamaica, so it wasn't all sunshine. Uh, yeah, room, I remember that. <laughs> uh, but um, me being able to like sit on the balcony and like I I was getting up like incredibly early in Jamaica and like six o'clock or something for some reason but sitting on the balcony watching the sun come up hearing the sounds of the waves sitting on my computer like just getting stuff done that's when I felt like my best self because I was like this is exactly what I want to do in my business like I don't want to have to be stationary in an office or even at my own house for that matter I want to be able to travel and still work on what I need to work on and still feel productive so being able to like bang out three or four hours of work in the morning and then go to the beach later that night and enjoy my husband um, and eat food and go ATVing in the job. Like all of that is like, this is why you started your own business. This is why you wanted to do this. This is what helps you get out of your like space where you're feeling incredibly burnt out. So um, I just thought of an activity me and my kids do. Um, So Mm -hmm. when we're driving home and maybe it's like, you know, starting to get dusk, um, I look out the window and be like, oh my gosh, look at the sky. Look at all the colors. What colors do you see? And then we just start naming all these colors. And 
um, you know, a sunset can take on many different forms and the kids actually get into it. So their energy, it just makes me happy. And then you start to think like, yes, the sky is more than just blue. It has other colors. So um, just make up silly games or like I spy something red and it's it's the last thing you suspect. But with kids, it's obviously the most yeah. obvious thing. That's <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Yes, guys, I see. Um, as I say, something else that I do is like crossword puzzles or like puzzles of some sort. They help to like challenge my mind in a little bit of a different way. Uh, I'm really into like I'm playing Wordle right now, um, which Brian hates. He was like, I don't understand like why. <laughs> Every time he does, he doesn't get the word right on the first try. He's like, this game is stupid. I hate it. Um, but I was like crossword puzzles, um, Wordle or actual like physical puzzles, things that you can get your hands on are really helpful for like I making have a my Wordle mind cheat. Oreo. You? Your first word should what is it? Okay, your first word should be a do. Because it a has do? all it has all the Yeah, it has all the vowels in it. Uh, okay. Right. We're we're trying to think of, <laughs> we're trying to think of a word that had all the vowels in it because we were like, we know that it has a vowel. Like, what do we I think we I can't even remember what the word, but after the third try and we didn't get any right, Brian was like, this is the dumbest game ever. <laughs> and every word he would say, he, I'd be like, it can't have an O in it. You saw like the last word we used had an O in it. He was like, this is so stupid, Monique. Like, why are you doing this? And I did it at a weird time too. It was probably like 10 o'clock on a Wednesday where we like sitting down, eating dinner incredibly late. And I was like, let's play Wordle. And he was like, this is... I just want you my spaghetti in peace. I don't want to do this with you anymore. Well, getting back over to the episode, um, it's important not to get stuck in that rut, which is kind of what we were babbling about. Changing up your routine or taking on a new project can provide a fresh perspective. If a new project comes down the pipeline and you're just not feeling it or you're feeling uninspired or you're already stuck, it's also vital to have a support system, whether it's colleagues, friends, classmates. Recognize if you start to feel trapped. Having a design community like Ladies Wine and Design Baltimore, where you can share experiences and solutions, is great too. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Onique? Yes. Uh, so I think that we've talked about Ladies Wine and Design Baltimore before, but if we haven't, um, or if you missed that one, Ladies Wine and Design is a non-for-profit that I run with a friend of mine, Dania, uh, in Baltimore. We're a Baltimore-based chapter. And we run events that surround mentorship um, and creative burnout in some respects, art of saying no, uh, a bunch of different uh, things that we do in order to help designers feel seen and to build a sense of community around each other. Uh, and we're having a couple of events this um, this January that are surrounding burnout. Uh, I think I'm going to move one of the January events. So it, it won't be in January, but there will be another burnout event, I think, later in the year. But we're going to have two events um, this year that are going to surround burnout. One is going to be on January 18th. Take that lightly because I got to move some things around. Um, but one's going to be on January 18th and it's going to be with Leah Vogley. Leah works at Exxon and it's going to be Designing Resilience, a conversation about handling burnout at different career stages. And then the second one is going to be on January 25th and it's going to be Conquering Burnout, a holistic journey with Autumn Walk, um, who will lead a discussion at So Botanical in Baltimore, focusing on holistic approaches to managing burnout. 
Um, the events will be in person. They will not be recorded. So, you know, if you don't get your tickets, you snooze, you lose. Uh, but there will be events later in the year that will be digital based and you can always come to those. So just to clarify, you can't live stream the events, correct? Nope. If you're not there, you're not there. Come to my event, guys. <laughs> not everybody's in Baltimore, Monique. Some of us live I in mean, Pennsylvania. Move to or Baltimore. Germany. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do get a lot of engagement for people who are not in the country. Um, but these events won't be live streamed. But we've been talking about doing both a live stream and in-person event. I got to figure out how all that works, um, which really means I have to get my husband to figure out how all that works so that he can set it up. Um, but we're not there yet. So if you're in the local Baltimore area or PA or Virginia or D.C., you can come through uh, and come see us. It'll be super fun. How can they RSVP? There will be a link on the Ladies Wine and Design Baltimore website. Um, there will also put a link in the chat when it, whenever it becomes available. And then you guys can RSVP uh, to our event. Yeah, look for more details in the episode notes. I think that's a wrap for today's episode, but please join us at those events. Um, remember that it's okay to face burnout. Uh, it's important to address it, to seek support um, in the communities that you hold with family, friends, um, or at Ladies One and Design Baltimore in January. If you're already in that space and you need an event to help you kind of get away from, from that mindset um, and to connect with others who are potentially in the same space as you. But until our next episode, stay creative and take care of yourselves. Bye. As we wrap up our captivating journey on today's episode of Design Imposter, we want to leave you with an empowering message. Self-doubt may be a universal experience, but it should never define your worth or potential. Embrace the power of your unique voice, trust in your intuition and abilities, and continue creating fearlessly. Remember, you belong in this space and your contributions are immensely valuable. Know that you are never alone on this journey. We stand by your side, ready to support and celebrate you and your business every step of the way. Thank you for joining us today and being an essential part of the Design Imposter community. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us at Design Imposter Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and leave a review to help other imposters find us. Until we meet again, keep those headphones ready.